Bridge is an acronym for books recycled to instruct, disciple, guide, and educate. We firmly believe that reading is critical for Christians to grow in their faith, and so we strive to make Bibles and gospel-based Christian books available at very affordable prices. Our purpose is to share the glorious good news of Jesus Christ through written and spoken word. We do this by providing resources and educational opportunities for people to grow in their knowledge of biblical truth so that they are equipped to share that truth with others. You can visit our website at bridgebookstexas.org where you can find our Reformed podcast, Bridge Radio, where we bring on Christian authors, apologists, and scholars such as Dr. James White, Dr. John Frame, Joe Beakey, Jeff Durbin, John Sampson, and Tim Trumpert. You can find Bridge Radio on iTunes, Android, Windows, and Google Play or stream via our website. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Prisoner, for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. And welcome back to another episode of Bridge Radio. Coming at you from the great state of Texas. Texas. And that's not A.W. Varilla. He's actually not on the program today. He's, he's a busy individual. He's eating lunch today. He is. He's eating lunch. And across from me, I got the, the boss, the El Jefe of this whole entire shebang, Mr. Steve DeHartog. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about a book, Unity in the Body, Maintaining Biblical Unity in a Divisive Culture. And I think this is a very relevent topic for our culture today. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you're a new listener to this podcast, wherever you are subscribing, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Windows, Google Play, and on Android. And we also got a Bridge app. Steve, you want to talk about our Bridge app that we just developed? Yeah, it's just been out uh, three or four weeks now, I guess. And uh, we've got all sorts of uh, things here that you can check out on the app. We've got uh, our events. We've got Bible studies. So you can go check out what we have going on for Bible studies right now and actually register. Uh, Sermons. We have quite a few different sermons. We're developing a... uh, a nice list there. We've got articles, uh, we've got uh, book reviews, our confessional statements, and uh, actually a magazine. We've got The yeah. Way, and uh, both in English and Spanish. Tim Trumper is actually mm-hmm. writing that for us, and so yeah. we have hard copies here if you actually want a hard copy of it, mm-hmm. but uh, you can check it out online as well. So. Yeah, yeah. and our next podcast is actually going to ha- we're gonna have yeah, he's gonna Tim Trumper on, on talk week. about The Way magazine, the latest on the culture of death, so yeah. he's going to be in coming on and talking about that and we actually have in our ministry right now uh hard copies of it in yeah. english and spanish so if you're in the community listening please come uh pick up that resource it'd be an excellent just really concise short something to read it you know is. it's, it's it, just rich theologically he always deals with current events uh yeah. from a biblical worldview so it's good stuff 
All right, guys. So, yeah, please hit the subscribe button. And let me introduce our guest for today. Uh, he is a senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Laredo, Texas. That's where we are at, by the way, as a ministry. So he's a local pastor. He has served in ministry for over 15 years in various roles. Uh, he holds a Master's of Divinity and Doctor of Ministries uh, and a Doctor's of Ministry degrees from Liberty University and Baptist Theological Seminary. His ministry theme is, quote, moving people from where where they are to where God wants them to be, unquote, and welcome for the first time ever, uh, Pastor Benjamin Carter. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for inviting me in and being a part of this. No, I appreciate it's it. It's great. I'm glad we it's could have honor. you on here. I just was talking, we were talking earlier, and uh, I just read a book recently by John Frame on evangelical reunion mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the division that we have in the body of Christ, and then you texted me about this book, and so it's just a great opportunity to have a local guy here <laughs> to talk about the same sort of thing, because it's a really important topic. Yeah, it is. I. I think a lot of people, too, have questions about denominations and why there actually is denominations, and does that, is that kind of a negative thing, you know, that we should look at as Protestants? Uh, other people will look at that and say, look, that's that's being divisive, That's that. therefore that means that it's it's unbiblical. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could dive into a, sure. a little bit of that, but uh, yeah. So um, why the need for a book on unity in the body of Christ, and if you could just talk about the distinctions between the, the local church and the churches uh, that are defined in Scripture, sure. the church as defined in Scripture. Yeah, sure. Uh, unity, I think, um, especially when it comes to why the need for the, for this, this work on unity, it's really because it's something that we're seeing nationally, we're seeing locally, we're seeing all over the place as being something that's really neglected. Uh, people are very divisive, and it's, and it's working not just culturally and not just nationally, but it's working its way into our churches, and the things that are happening on a national level we're seeing played out in churches. So actually the book came as a result of the last election. Okay. And I started looking at the church world, I started looking at the arguments that people were having, the subject matters that they were arguing about. I said, where's the unity in this? Where's the, where's the love of the body of Christ in this? Right. And so the unity that I think that we needed to have um, was just largely absent from, from, the, from the churches that, and from denominations. And we were saying people just really at, at each other's throats over issues that good people can disagree about. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where the, the, the need came in for, for a book on, on unity. A lot of times those political views or those secondary views become preeminent mm -hmm. and right. end up dividing us, whereas we should be unified as the body of Christ. That should be our our, our primary perspective, our, our allegiance, right? right? Yeah, we are we are people Correct. of the kingdom, absolutely, and our, our allegiance is held at a higher higher level. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's really what really drove this this work. Um, it's really almost an, an exegesis of um, Ephesians four and five, and sure. just really what Paul was talking about, and mm -hmm. and how we needed to grow together in oneness and not apart. And and, and uh, yeah, denominations are a part of that. It is true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it really does. Um, we tend to highlight those things more than we highlight our our unified beliefs. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and as for the church on the, the local level versus the, uh, the, I guess you could say the universal church, uh -huh. um, there are local manifestations of believers that you know would be in a, a local church body, um, but of course all of that would belong to the universal church, the unseen church, the invisible church, if you will, mm -hmm. made up of all believers regardless of denominations or mm -hmm. where you find yourself. So, right. Yeah. So when we're talking about church, we have the church with a small c, which mm -hmm. are the 
denominations we often think about in church large C, which mm-hmm. is that universal church that's referred to in scripture mm-hmm. yeah. that we are we belong to as the as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Can you also define unity as you use it in the book and uh, talk about a little bit about what it is not? For example, you talk about uniformity yeah. as not being the same thing as unity. So kind of talk about that. Yeah, and I think um, especially historically, um, especially when you get into some of, definitely some denominations, you really get into we all have to think the same way, act the same way, drive the same cars, um, and and everything just has to be standard. Um, And if you don't fall within this very narrow window, then we can't be together. And and that's not anything of what Mm, the Bible talks about. So when I when I define unity in the book, really what I'm talking about is oneness. Mm-hmm. We are one body. And, and Paul says this so many times in Ephesians 4, that we have one hope, one baptism, one Lord, uh, one calling, um, one Father who is above all and over all. So it's, it's a oneness. Unity is, is defined as, as being one. Sure. And the many becoming one. It's one body of Christ. It's not all these little bodies of Christ all everywhere. It's one body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I think of unity, that's really what I'm, I'm driving at, is we need to be one. And what are the things that actually unite us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of things that we don't need to have unity over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to say Ford's the best car, Chevy's the best car, or something like that. <laughs> right. We don't have to agree on those things. Uh-huh. Um, and there's bigger issues than that that we don't I mean, we get into music and all these things. We, mm-hmm. that, hey, that's okay. Um, but when we get into the oneness, what are the things that really we have to be unified around mm-hmm. and driving towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even those um, those things that we often, that churches often divide over, for example, uh, baptism, you know, uh, eschatology, you know, things like that should be secondary yeah. things that do not need to divide us, you know. Again, our uniformity, our unity should be in Christ. and. And, you know, we can honestly disagree about certain fairly, you know, important things, but we don't necessarily, we don't have to uh, divide over those sure. things. Sure, and well. it's fun to have those those Absolutely. talks. It's, it's it is very fun. Um, we talk ex- es- eschatology, and uh, when I was being ordained, that was one of the things that, that uh, they brought up. They said, well, your statement on eschatology, you said, um, God in his own way, in his own time, worrying about the end of all things, and that's all you said about that. And they said, that, that's not really all that specific. We, what about your tribulation, and what about the mm-hmm. rapture, and what about, and so I presented all these different views of, of that, and I said, historically, this has been a, st- a statement. Here's what's popular now. And right. I said, but here's what I believe. I believe that right now I'm a pre-trib rapture guy. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, I'll go to mid-trib. And if that doesn't happen, I'll go post-trib because I'm going <laughs> home. I tell you that. <laughs> but but that's uh, it's one of those things that pe- good people can do. Des- and it's great to have those conversations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so fun. I think, but once those conversations start to get like too aggressive and oh, you start yes. becoming really, you know, defensive and then you start really putting up barriers, I think that's when you need to put yourself in check and just yeah. say, hey, you know, these things aren't really worth fighting. Oh, yeah. I know AW, for example, who's who, who's the co-host of right. me and him all the time. We we debate a post mill or uh, or pre mill, okay, and so we're always sending each other memes, just kind of yeah. <laughs> very uh, a friendly, kind of just teasing and poking fun of each other. But at the end of the day, we always say, "Hey, you're a brother in Christ." Right. I'm a you know, yes. and he'll say, "You know, you're a brother in Christ." And at the end of the day, when it comes to the, um, it's all right. <laughs> we're we're all busy. That's right. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> it's okay. No, first, but first podcast you can tell, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but but at the end of the day, you know, we we're gonna stand side by side 
uh, with one another and defend mm-hmm. the truth of the gospel. Yes. And that uh, yeah. I think, and we could maybe talk about this right now, is that um, our unity really comes in that it's the scriptures alone that show us that yes. it's by, we're justified by faith alone, by God's grace alone, in Christ alone, Amen. all to yes. the glory of God alone. And yeah. really, that's the essential doctrine that we need to. Uh, to, to be united on, and that's mm-hmm. really what unites us. And mm-hmm. I, I think maybe this would be good to maybe talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, and and what, what you were just saying about you, you you can have these differences of, of opinion, you have these differences of perspective, and then at the end of the day, you realize, hey, we're both brothers in Christ. It's great. It's when that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's when the unity is attacked, yeah. um, rather than being maintained. Right. And and that's one of the the words that really drew me to thinking was in Ephesians four, hmm. um, and and it's, it's specifically where Paul he says, um, making every effort to keep the unity, and that's really what this book is 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 driving towards. It's are we main, making every effort? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we can make every effort to find the points of disagreement, right. rather than the efforts to find the points of unity. And that's that's uh, really driving it. Yeah, it's much easier to come up with reasons why I believe what I believe, right, and yeah. to counteract your argument, you know, as opposed to you know focusing on those things that should draw us together mm-hmm. and uh, that bring us together to work for the gospel and uh, seeing other people brought into the kingdom. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, With regards to maintaining unity, in one of your chapters in the book, you talk about regularly scheduled maintenance as a means to maintaining unity. What do you mean by that? Well, my dad was an auto mechanic, and he uh, worked on cars a lot. And uh, he would talk about making sure that you have the maintenance done, making mm-hmm. sure that you're, you're checking the oil, you're, you're, you're kicking the tires, right. you're making sure that all the parts of the car are working and functioning, changing the windshield wipers. Sure. You don't have to do that so much in Laredo, but still, you know, you want to check those from time to time, make sure they're all good. And uh, when I come to the Christian life, a lot of times we just push it on autopilot mm-hmm. and we say, oh, you know, I have the spirit and therefore it's just going to propel me in a direction and it's all going to be just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. When really we need to make sure that we are still going in the direction that the Spirit would lead us. And there right. are several things in, in the passage that, that Paul points out, and he says, hey, check your speech, mm. check your behavior, mm. uh, check what, you're, what you think, check how you're living. And he says all these things as, as kind of check marks, a checklist, if you will. I'm kind of a, a systematic guy, so I'm thinking right. checklists here. I'm thinking, you know, what if we sat down, an accountability yeah. partner, and say, hey, have you done your maintenance on your speech? How, what, are you, what are you saying? What are you watching? What are you looking at? And mm-hmm. so when I think of regularly scheduled maintenance, I'm thinking of going through those lists mm-hmm. and, and do I measure up hmm. to where I should be in Christ? Sure. You talked about uh, love, light, and wise living also mm-hmm. in your book, Maintaining Unity as it relates to those three topics. Can you talk a little bit about those? First of all, love, when, uh, when you talk about uh, unity, how do you, how do you uh, apply that? Yeah, love is, uh, well, he says walk in love. And love is, I really would say, is the, the essential ingredient, it seems, in unity. If, if, I, if I love the other person the way that I'm supposed to be, then unity is going to happen because I'm seeking that uh, relationship with that person. I mean, I realize that I value people over being right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times, you were talking about defensiveness earlier, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we're, we're defensive, and that kills our relationships with others. It kills our it kills our love because we have to be, be right. And there are things that are very important. Again, we talk about the essentials of the faith, and those are things that we do have to be unified on, we do have to all agree on. At the same time, if I'm seeking love, mm-hmm. and I'm seeking to walk in love and conduct my life in love right. and, and live by the law of love, mm-hmm. then I'm constantly going to be seeking out to be with one another. Mm. And that's where the love really, really generates from. That reminds me of, uh, it takes me to 
Philippians, the second chapter, where Paul talks about doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with mm-hmm. humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves, not looking out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if we would actually apply that, considering other people as more yes. important than ourselves, and that comes from loving them, truly loving them, you know, the way that Christ loved us. But can you imagine how unified we would be and, you know, this divisiveness that uh, we see so frequently would just, it would evaporate. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you talked about uh, with, with Christ, there are times that we, you talk about correction. How, you lovingly correct. Sure, absolutely. But you're seeking restoration, absolutely. not judgment. You're seeking to, to reaffirm and, and to help someone grow in their faith, yeah. not not hurt them or bring them harm. And so right. if we – and I think it was a quote um, from from um, John, the, the, the apostle. It was one of the works that, that came, and uh, it was a quote from him after the, the Scripture canons. He was growing old and elderly in age, and it was saying, John, would you give us a blessing? And he did this at the end of all the church meetings. And he said, um, John would stand up, and every time he would say the same thing. Mm. He would say, little, uh, he would say, little children, love one another. Yeah. And they got tired of hearing it. And they said, John, can't you just say something else? And he says, if you just do that, it will be enough. Yeah, amen. And that's, that's what I think. I think if we can just get that one right. Sure. We need to be reminded of that absolutely every day, right? Yeah. What about uh, light? What, what, what do you mean by light? How does light have to apply to maintaining unity? To maintaining unity, yeah. And that's one that I think is, is, is not, um, I guess, uh, it wouldn't be right there at the forefront of saying, hey, how do you be unified? Well, Christ said that we were all, we're, we're the light of the world. Mm-hmm. We're given the light of the world and the gospel, it dwells in us in jars of clay. And so being light, we have an individual light. Mm-hmm. But when all those lights come together, it's stronger and more powerful. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being an individual flashlight or candle, if you will, when the whole church comes together, and I say church both locally and really the church at large sure. comes together, not only are we just a single light now, but we are a beam of light. We're a torch. We're a, we're a lighthouse. Amen. We're the city on a hill that can't be hidden. Yeah. And a lot of times I think we're hiding light yeah. because what we're doing is we're, we're, we're siloing. And that's and not unifying, mm-hmm. and then we see that the light over here is really bright, but it's not so bright over here. Yeah, and and that's what that's what I'm saying when we say be unified in light. Yeah. Um, bring come together. There are efforts, regardless of denominations. There are efforts that we can all get behind, and when we all go in the same direction, um, I, I I look at the the enemy. He's so good about that. Yeah, you don't have to have the. They don't have to be unified in anything, it seems, but they can all go in the same direction Mm. because they're all trying to accomplish the same mission. They're Mm -hmm. so good at that. The enemy um, brings people together and points them in the wrong direction. They all follow. Right. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm reminded by, and I heard this recently somewhere, but and you're talking about denominations and even you know Calvinism and and, and Arminianism and you know the way that we might go about preaching the gospel uh, when it came to George Whitfield and John Wesley mm-hmm. uh, during their time they, they were they were in the same era preaching the same gospel and someone went up to George Whitfield and said um, is is John Wesley going to be in heaven and George George Whitfield responds hmm. oh no he said um, I'm sorry he says will, will you see John Wesley in heaven and George Whitfield said no I won't because 
uh, John Wesley, uh, I'll be in the back, and John Wesley will be oh, in the front yeah, at really? the throne nice. of God. Wow. Yeah. And that's just a beautiful way of saying, like, hey, we might disagree on doctrine, you know, and, and, and you know, the way God goes about his sovereignty and stuff. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I mean, that's just a beautiful way to respond. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from someone who was very reformed, uh, jo- uh, George Whitfield, if you don't know about him. And then, and then John Wesley is kind of on the opposite camp. But they, they saw one another and they saw their love for the gospel and how important and essential it was and they were they were willing to stand side by side together and proclaim the gospel and that that's unity that that, that yeah. is a very very good example of unity there yeah yeah that's yeah and it it attracts the world to the gospel it does and mm-hmm. that's part of that light i mean if Absolutely. you if we're hiding that light if we People shouldn't look at churches and say mm-hmm. that's the most unhealthy, divisive, angry place to go. Um, it, it, instead of being a hospital for the hurting, it becomes a, an execution chamber or yes. something in a very hostile <laughs> environment. Yeah. And if the world sees that, that's not attractive. Yeah. But if the world sees brothers and sisters from, well, even you know, language barriers and, and racial barriers and mm-hmm. economic barriers and just anything that, that we divide up people with. Amen. And, and they see all that together. Yeah. That's just a powerful statement of oh, the gospel of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's more more unattractive than a graceless Christian. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. yes. And uh, not to say that, you know, we just we, clo- we close our eyes and we, we, we look over sin. You know, there's things that sure. need to be dealt with. Church sure. discipline is important. Sure. But, but, you know, there's graces, the grace that we have been shown far exceeds any grace yes. that we could ever you Amen. know hope to show anybody else and so if we can just reflect that a little bit uh it would be such a powerful testimony to the yeah. world amen and and that's a part of the work that we're we're doing with the church is reaching out to people uh, and, and reaching out to people that wouldn't normally come through the doors and and and, and bringing them the light of the gospel maybe they've had a background in church world but they got hurt somewhere or mm-hmm. somebody hurt them and to say no christ loves you and yeah. we reach out in love being the light of the world and, and see lives change. It's, it's how lives are changed. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, good stuff. Now, what about wise living? You also have that as one of the uh, means of maintaining unity. And you talk a little bit about unity and music in the church. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that as well. I have a background as a worship leader and musician. So there you go. this will be kind of interesting. Cool. Um, I think this is where the main rubs come in. I think most people and most Christians will say, yeah, we got to be unified in love. I get that. They'll say, yeah, we got to be unified in light. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, we got to maintain all those things. I get that but it's the practical day-to-day life that the rubs come in mm-hmm. and so in in that talking about walking and and living and how i conduct myself in the practical every day sure. how do we have unity when you think this style of worship is the what the only way to do it and i think this what this way is the only way to do it how do mm-hmm. we come together right. how do we bring that together and uh, that's that's the challenge that's mm-hmm. where it becomes really difficult and and what, what paul does in in chapter five of uh, of uh, of uh, Ephesians, um, he says, be consistent. He says, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the use of time. And he says, because the days are evil. Mm. When when I read that verse, my first thing is because the days are short, right? Right. And he says, no, the days are evil, right. and there's going to be something that's going to be pushing you mm. away. So take careful attention unto how you live. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your practical daily living promotes unity. Hmm. And then he gives more things about how to do that. Um, Live in the Spirit. 
If sure. we're not living in the Spirit, there's no way to be unified. The Spirit is what unifies us. He, sure. he talks about um, the music, specifically, he says, singing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, hmm. singing, making music with your heart to the Lord. And he keeps these very general, um, uh-huh. uh, I guess you say genres, sure. um, where he says th- these are the three. And so when it came to music, especially in our church, uh, one of the things I said is, what is the purpose of music in church? Uh, what is church music? And I said, really, it's about worship and, and education. Mm-hmm. That's really the, the two yeah. things. Um, I think uh, praise and worship has become a genre more yeah. than it's become right. something that we do to uh, to, to worship uh, mm-hmm. God. So that's, that's kind of where, where the, the music side of things comes in. And I think it's very interesting that the thing that should be something that draws all the voices together can be the most divisive oh, thing in absolutely. a church. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like in First Baptist, what do you guys do as far as the music is concerned? Is well, uh, we, we select our music based upon those two criteria. Does it draw my focus to God or does it instruct me in some ways of living? Okay. And that's really a lot of our criteria of how we how we select music. Um, and, and what we find is that, that music, if we choose them by that criteria, it tends to be self-selecting. There's music that's out there that may be a great melody, it might might sound really cool on the radio, sure. but it, when you bring it into church, it's like, is it really used to worship God, or could I sing it to my girlfriend? Right, right. I um, mean, you know, there's kind of right. th- those sort of things. Um, and so musical presentation, uh, one of the things I tell people is what, what we should be doing in musical presentation is drawing all the focus onto God. Mm-hmm. What I never want to see is music that's drawing attention to the musicians, mm-hmm. music that's drawing attention to anything other than focusing mm-hmm. us on, on God good. and our yeah. relationship with each other. That's good. Yeah, and I, I could talk a little bit about that with, with my own personal testimony and in, in my walk as a Christian is uh, when I first you know became saved um, or when I first started attending church, that is, um, I was a musician, I played guitar, and I was a part of the worship team. And there's just one thing about being up there especially like on a stage with a guitar being very young being very immature mm-hmm. that i mean to be quite honest the, uh, he, you're playing guitar not for god or not truly with a proper heart but rather for yourself in kind of with the contemporary worship that mm-hmm. that is quite predominant nowadays you yes. talk about that now worship music is a is a genre not really an action or something that we do for god mm-hmm. um in that i kind of you know with a lot of the worship teams and stuff they sort of glorify the you know the singers the guitar players and mm-hmm. so as for me and i'm speaking only for myself um i sort of started me my relationship with with christ and with god was through my guitar through the gear that i had through the guitar pedals that i had uh also almost to the point where i would go up on stage and it was kind of like how what is the best way i can make the solo Mm. you know and and whenever i would i would even do a solo i mean any musician has to kind of mess up to this as well but you you sort of get this urge of look at me look at me look at me and it's interesting they've discovered the hebrew uh, meaning for the word selah okay it's extended guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So, i.e. Yeah, Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> Just open up with a nice uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ted Nugent riff. Say, say la. <laughs> say la. Yeah, no, and that that's just a little bit little bit of my, you know, personal testimony and I think it could become kind of dangerous to oh, yeah. uh, to you know to to have worship music in a in a particular way um, and especially have the focus more on sure. the musicians and and have it more uh, of the adoption of concert style yeah. uh, music i and, mean we've it, adopted it, that it lends itself and then you you end up coming back to the subject of unity 
does that actually breed unity with the congregation? Right. Are, are the musicians, the leaders, the worship leaders, unified with the... That was mm-hmm. part of the, the original, uh, and again, going back into music, that's the part of the original idea of choir. It's one voice yes. singing a praise yeah, to, to the absolutely. Lord. Yeah. Um, not that choirs are the only you know, sanctioned music, but right. that's, that's one of the purposes of choir was mm-hmm. people singing to the Lord unified. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting to me, if you ever go into old cathedrals, mm-hmm. yeah. where they put the musicians. In the back. In the back. They always in put the them back. in the back, in where the they back. put them in a the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the organ up in the balcony or something like that. And mm-hmm. I think there was always a danger that they recognized of mm-hmm. Too much focus on the people on stage and glorifying yeah. th- those yeah. those musicians, and yeah. I think we're seeing a little bit of that today. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're fallen. Even though we're saved by the grace of God, we still have a sinful nature. Oh, yeah. We're you, idol factories. You, yeah, we're idol factories, as Calvin, Calvin said. And so we're we're so prone to wander. <laughs> you know, and so we're up there on stage as, as talented as as a musician can be. It does become very dangerous for themselves, especially just being the, at the center as a band, as a musician, and, and just kind of I guess knowing too that you're a good musician you know god's yeah. blessed oh, yeah. you with that and and so yeah that's just going off of of, of what you're yeah. what you're saying yeah. yeah and so something that's so beautiful something that can speak so deeply and so passionately in ways that nothing else can mm-hmm. music just the, the actual the actual music itself and the way it's played and presented even in heaven mm-hmm. there's going to be a unified voice of, of course singing yeah. praises to the lord and today, we're finding music that's unaccessible for the congregation that's being used. It's not unifying, or, or they don't understand the message of, of what's being uh, said, and that's not unifying. Exactly. So all of those things draw us back to what Paul was saying, speaking to one another. This is a one another thing. This is sure. us together uh-huh. doing this. We're singing to each other, ultimately to God, mm-hmm. um, making melody in our hearts. So right. I think that's this is supposed to draw us together. Sure. And again, the evil one is so crafty and uses it to divide us apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we had, it's, I don't know if it's still going on. I haven't really paid that much. They used to call it the worship wars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how, what a terrible statement. Whoever coined that? <laughs> the, worship um, the worship wars. I'm like, like we're having a war in our church over what we're going to do. It's, that's, oh, it's just never the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, when in fact all of life is worship, you know, from a biblical perspective to begin with. Yes, you know? exactly. So why are we yes. even allowing the music to divide it? Yeah. So like in your church, would you, do you uh, sing both hymns and more contemporary music? Yeah, or? we we, we mix it up. Um, it's uh, I th- most of the music has tried to be geared around whatever the theme of the message is going to be for the morning. So some of it might be a little more contemporary on one sure. morning, sometimes a little more traditional gotcha. on another. Um, but all of it directed yeah. and, and chosen according to the criteria that we that I previously right. mentioned. So really, kind of a blend. I don't like to use the term blend because blend kind of leads this idea of there's a quota. <laughs> you know, we have, right, right, we have right. two of these and two of those, right. and, and, yeah, that's and, true. and then and then it's you know nobody's happy about it because right. you know the contemporary people are like you don't sing enough of that, and then we don't sing enough <laughs> of that. So we yeah. try to make it so that um, it's it's really a, a good presentation of this is the theme for the morning. This is mm-hmm. what we're moving towards. That's yeah. great, and that like you said, it bring, it, it educates people. Yes. You know, as well. There's there's so much uh, rich theology in a lot of the older hymns. Oh, yes. You know, and the wording is difficult, sure. you know, but that's where the education comes that's in. That's where it comes in, you yeah. Know? And uh, we, we, last uh, Sunday I did a message, and um, one of the things was, in, I'm doing a message series on Malachi right now, a very popular book of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mal- also known as Malichi. <laughs> yeah, Malichi, yeah. Um, but doing, and, uh, we, and he uses the term Lord Sabaoth mm. over and over and over. So naturally, we just had a song written not too long ago about the God of angel armies. And so wow. I get to talk about, hey, we sing this song. 
this is the Hebrew. This is where it comes from. So yeah. again, it's that education, but that's all great. directed to say, he's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord. He's the God of angel armies. Amen. So, Amen. That's yeah. great. And just uh, one, one more thing on, on even just a testimony about me is that growing up in a very contemporary form of, of worship, um, when I first visited a more traditional church uh, who had their ecclesiology, their ecclesiology was, uh, and, and their style of worship was more uh, traditional. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was really refreshing to have like a hymnal in your hand mm-hmm. and hearing everyone sing hymns together, mm-hmm. and you had the volume of the music lowered down to where you could now hear not only the instruments, uh, you know, the organ that was playing yeah. and, and the instruments that were playing at the time, but also just the congregation as one mm-hmm. singing together one confession. Yeah. with hymns and uh yeah the first time i experienced that i was like wow this is i've never experienced this before mm-hmm. i always grew up in something that was very contemporary mm-hmm. and i saw the beauty the absolute beauty of, of doing something like mm-hmm. that and why why a church would want to do that um and so yeah i just encourage anybody who's listening to maybe go mm-hmm. go seek that out and yeah. see, see for yourself i, I think um, <laughs> i think we even know it i think it's, it's the spirit inside of us whether christian or or, or um or non-christian for that matter but i think there's something intuitive inside of us that yeah. yearns for that mm-hmm. and i think we've even seen not to get political but i think we've seen that played out just recently with the national anthem that was something yeah. that united us together yeah. everybody yeah. at the beginning of the game didn't matter whose team you were on everybody Sang that together, yeah, and it was a, and it brought them together. I go to my wife as I'm from College Station, and uh, she took me to a Texas A&M game for the first time, and uh, so not to offend any um, <laughs> Longhorn fans or anybody <laughs> else, but uh, we went to the A&M game, and everybody's singing their battle, their battle hymn, sawing uh, university's horns <laughs> yeah. off, you know, and they're all the right. whole stadium just rocking yeah. to this thing, and you realize there's power oh, yeah. in unity in mm. music, yeah. and point. so if we bring that into the church where Absolutely. it's supposed to be best expressed, mm. yeah. I mean, you think about that, that's where, if, if the church grabbed onto that spirit of unity, yeah. it, it would be, it would be unstoppable. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I love the few times when I've been up in front of church and actually heard the congregation mm-hmm. singing together mm-hmm. in unity. I mean, that'll send chills on your spine. It will. There's power in it. It will. There's power because that's where the, the spirit is there. Where yep. it's, a, it's a congregation. You can only imagine the picture of heaven oh, with the hosts of with, heaven. Yeah. Just everybody. millions, a millions yes. of people. Yeah. I'm like, we're supposed to get a taste of that here. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I think we're falling short of that. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, that's exciting. I I also think another thing worth worth addressing definitely in this podcast, since we're talking about just our culture for today, is the issue of of race. Mm. <laughs> you know, there, there's this notion of, you know, uh, Hispanic Christianity or white Christianity, oh. and it's so divisive yeah. i've talked to steve about it preach <laughs> and i just i can't and then this is someone when you're listening to me you don't know who i am i, I am hispanic and it's just I, I get so infuriated because you know you read the book of galatians and mm. you clearly see yeah i mean clearly i mean just read it four or five times 30 times and and it's just very clear that we're one body mm-hmm. yes. there is no longer jew Greek, male, female, slave, barbarian. master, barbarian. We are all Amen. one in Christ. And there's just something that I that just gets to me when I see some of, you know, my, my fellow, I guess, Hispanic Christians and they're being very divisive in this area of, you know, white Christianity and, you know, I, I don't know if you would call it Hispanic Christianity or Mexican Christianity, but it just it it really, really irks me and it hurts me that and I just wish that we could all come together and just mm-hmm. say, Hey, you have faith in Christ, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. that's it. I see you as a brother, and uh, I could honestly say, you know, that when I see um, 
are there a black Christian or you know or we we're going to go into these categories I don't even want to make them because we're all technically one race yeah, you know right. we're all descendants of Adam and Eve right. um, you know that that we just come together as, yeah. as one in this issue. Yeah, no, I, I've actually had that conversation with some denominational <laughs> leaders that say, stop dividing us up in your very language. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're dividing us up. You're saying, this is these are our Hispanic churches, and we're going to have an Hispanic ministry, and this is uh, white churches, we're going to have a white ministry, this is a black church, these are black ministries. And, yeah. and then when we, we say, well, we're going to, and I'm like, no, that's what, that's what they do in the world. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't do that here. Right. Uh, we say we are one body, one right. church. We come together in a spirit of, of unity. Right. And uh, I think that it's, in our, it's, it's, it's almost hardwired into our language and even how we do our – I get the denominational profiles. And even they ask, how much of your church is – how much? I'm just like, I, I don't even send it in. I just say, nope, not telling you because it's yeah. not important to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and um, it's just not important. Um, and so even in how we conduct ourselves – and I talk about the local church level – we say we have Bible studies in English and Spanish. Hmm. We don't say it's a Spanish Bible study. Sure, that, yeah. That's a label. We say sure. we have Bible studies that are in two different languages. Mm-hmm. We give live translation in both, um, actually now Chinese hmm. and Spanish. Um, and But it's, it's one body. And I've had people, well, why don't you start another church just for them? No, we come together yeah. as yeah. one. We don't need right. that. That's not the that's not the goal. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's part of that protecting. That's part of that maintenance idea. Just constantly checking our unity. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? How are we doing? Are we going in the same direction? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Again, it's not uniformity. We don't yeah. have mm-hmm. to appreciate. You know every style of music the same way no. you know i like hymns more than i like contemporary music but right. you know we can still we can still you know have both and appreciate mm-hmm. both you know because ultimately we're unified again under christ yeah so absolutely good Amen. stuff um so to close out actually this is the second to the last question is there ever a time when it might be necessary to break unity with a local church and when might that be we don't want obviously those core doctrines that we can believe in mm-hmm. and that we come together in as christians uh to be uh, you know jeopardized and so when would you say that it, it would be necessary to break unity to break with unity. a local i would definitely if the church is is breaking the essentials if we're sorry all of a sudden approving of things that god does not approve of sure. um and and i think that's when we do it but i don't I, I kind of wrestled with the question when i when i was reading it and looking at it because i really started thinking is it the fact that i myself am breaking unity mm. or is it just not there at all sure. is it a false unity so mm-hmm. to speak are we unified around a wrong thing um and i think that some of the churches some of the denominations that get off of the track that they should be on it's not really they had unity. It's just they were going in a direction mm. organizationally. Because right. I think sometimes churches stop being churches mm. and they start being organizations. Mm. Social organizations or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not so much that we're breaking unity. It's not even there. At least it wasn't there to begin with. Biblical unity yeah. is, not, is not there to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but as for if you know, you're, you're part of a congregation that you see going in a direction, um, I'd say, look, if they're if they're violating God's word, mm-hmm. then then that's that's the time where we we go to the leaders. Hey, this is not lining up, and and that's that's when that's when we go in those directions. Yeah. Right, and, and I guess a more in a direct way, how how can some of that look like? Um, just maybe some unbiblical things that might be going on in the church that would constitute, hey, yeah, this 
this is good for you to leave yeah. this church. Um, maybe controversial for some, hopefully not. But just recently, we dealt with um, churches that were ordaining homosexual ministers, mm-hmm. and that's a time where I say, "Hey, look, that does not line up with the, with the Bible. I, right. I can't go in that direction." Um, I think there's even in, in uh, just recently when when leadership becomes abusive to the to the flock and starts right. beating on them, so to speak, that's not something that that is biblical. It's something that we need to deal with, and there are several. Issues that I mean, there there could be many different issues that oh, come yeah. up, but all of them violations of, of God's word, yeah. um, especially even in leadership. When we find people that you know, um, just dealt with another one where a pastor just had a, a huge drinking problem. He's really an alcoholic, and um, you know he didn't want to step down. Then we had to take you have to take measures for that. So there are times where the qualifications that aren't there, the sin that comes in, and it's not that. We want to try and and say every little nitpicky thing because again, this is about restoration. We want to come to that person and say, "Hey, th- this is an issue. Mm. Let's 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 work on right. it." Um, that's really what should be the difference between us and and, and the world. Right. Um, but at the same time, if there's no willingness to work on those things, then unfortunately, it would be time to right. find a congregation that does is unified around the right things. Yeah, yeah. good. All right. Finally, then, can you please share the gospel with our listeners? We always like to make sure that the gospel is central here. So if you you do that for us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, I I would love to do that. And I think to uh, to start that conversation, um, we really have to know what the problem is. And the problem is, is that uh, we are sinners. The Bible makes that very clear that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, meaning God has a standard. We've all fallen short of that. Um, not only just by nature with Adam and Eve, but also practically in our day-to-day living, that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that sin that is in our life, it comes a point where we say we have to deal with that. And how is it going to be dealt with? How are we going to get back uh, to where we are supposed to be? And unfortunately, we don't have to do it. Um, Christ has done it for us. Amen. And he did that in the, in the personal work of, of, of Jesus. Um, Jesus um, came to earth. And as a virgin birth, and then after being born as a virgin, we know he lived a perfect life. He lived an exemplary life of perfection before God to be the perfect sacrifice for sin because God's law demands a sacrifice to be made. And God, and Jesus being God, was the only person only that can satisfy God's righteous requirements. And so he died on the cross and shed his blood uh, for our sins. Um, but praise the Lord, he did not stay dead, Amen. but he rose yeah. from the dead. And and I like to say it this way, he, he rose from the dead to prove that everything that he said previously was true. It all hinges on that resurrection. And, and the Bible tells us if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And so the gospel is really that simple. It's not as complex, I think, as some people um, make it out to be. You don't have to get your life right or anything like that. You come to Jesus, Amen. you put your trust in him, you put your faith in him, and he has the ability to save you. Nothing I can do in and of myself can save me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. Um, it's not of yourselves so that no man can boast. And so Christ does this for us. He saves us. And we put our faith in his ability to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, thank you for where, having where me. Can, uh, where can our, our listeners or even 
not only our audience, but a local community find you? And also, if you could just yeah. maybe do a plug for First Baptist. Sure. Um, yeah, First Baptist Church is located over on Bartlett Avenue, um, right there behind the post office. On and Bartlett just had the extension point put through. Thank God oh, for yeah. that. That's right. awesome. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you can find us there for a physical mm-hmm. location. You can find us on the internet um, at fbclaredo.org. Okay. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well, which is under Inspire the People, so you can uh, find me there. And I don't know how else you can find me, but those are some ways. (laughs) We'll put it in the podcast notes if if you send us some stuff you think of any any more. I don't want to be elusive, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We'll, okay. we'll find you. No, and if it, in, if anybody has any questions or wants to follow up, any comments or anything, you know, I'm yeah. sure uh, Pastor Ben would be more than happy to answer your questions, as would Absolutely. we, you know. Contact yeah. us, send us an email or whatever. Yeah, and, you, uh, you can send an email um, if you have questions for me to Pastor Ben at fbclaredo.org, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Good deal. Yeah, that sounds great. So these, uh, these podcasts and what we do here as a, as a ministry is only uh, – possible for us because of the support that we have of of people, uh, churches locally and individuals who help to support the ministry that we do. And if you enjoy listening to these podcasts, we would just appreciate it if you would take an opportunity to uh, maybe consider and pray about uh, helping to support us as a ministry. You can do that very easily through our app. There's a giving tab right on there and uh, you just put an amount. You can do a one-time gift. You can do it monthly which is very beneficial for us. And mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, $20, $25 a month, less than a dollar a day, it just helps us dramatically to be able to continue on our ministry here in Laredo. And uh, you can also go to our website and uh, give through our website as well. So we appreciate all of those people who do support us. And, uh, and uh, if you would consider that, that would be great. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, uh, subscribe if you have not subscribed and be prepared for the next podcast next week. And as always, what is the only comfort in life and death? And that is that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.